welcome to this edition of Stories of Strange Women. We're your hosts. I'm Tanya Hurley. And I'm Tracy Hurley-Martin. And today we welcome... The Queen of Halloween. The Queen of Halloween. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Cassandra Peterson. And, you know, it's interesting because we, you know, this is Stories of Strange Women, and you think it's a no-brainer to ask Elvira to be on. and But she is not... Not just because of horror. <laughs> right. They had this whole other crazy life is a Which Vegas Which is what we're girl. trying to do here is to show unconventional women and their yeah. paths they've taken. And, oh. This I'm, path. Yeah. Was. Uh, it's hard to get through her bio. We, I mean, this is the longest <laughs> show I think we've done, and we yeah. could have gone on forever, and and it was... I mean, the story started when she was one and a half and was burned yeah. 35% of her body, mm-hmm. and then she was, is it 14, to be a topless dancer? She wasn't topless. She was a go-go dancer. Oh, I thought she, she was, was topless at 17 okay. in Vegas. Okay. <laughs> Let's get that straight. Okay. She was just a go-go dancer at okay. 14, which is hilarious, because I have a but, 14-year-old, and I could not... Yeah. Imagine. Um, so I don't want to. <laughs> I'm imagining it. Um, so she, this whole world, this they, her life in Vegas with the Rat Pack. Surreal. The Sammy Davis Jr. story is hilarious. Yeah. So I'm not going to give it away, obviously, but she, you have to listen to this. Mm-hmm. Her her run-ins with Sinatra and the Osmonds and making out with Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Elvis, Too you know, much. telling her to move to Europe, because um, you know, it, when you're a Vegas showgirl, and she, at the person she is, done. yeah, the person she is, ends up in a Fellini film, yeah, in Europe. So and, you know, yeah. and then she decides to move back to LA and ends up in, you know, she's a groundling, and yeah. which is, you know, the most prestigious improv group. Yeah, she's she sees a, herself as a comedian. Yeah, and um, and you know, Elvira. It's the character she created in the in the Groundlings. Well, it, it was based. The personality was based on a character she created in the Groundlings. Is very much in line with her. You know, she, the throwbacks that she picked: Anne Margaret and Morticia Adams. Mm-hmm. If you see a split screen of Cassandra Peterson, mm-hmm. who looks like Anne Margaret mm-hmm. and and acts like Anne Margaret, <laughs> and Morticia and Elvira. I mean, she's like, she split herself into two people. Mm-hmm. And she has this whole other persona. Her drag. Her drag, she calls it. Yeah. Um, and she she really is live, living a double life. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really saw that. She said there's only a handful of people that she can really relate to on that level. And mm-hmm. one of them is her best friend, Paul Rubens, who's mm-hmm. Pee Wee Herman, who was also there Yeah. at Monster Mania. That's why I'm so sick. I got the con crud. It's a badge of honor. I would do it again for her. (laughs) Um, Anyway, this interview is just, she's so open and she's just a fascinating person. Yeah, you would expect someone who's been in that business for decades to be a little bit guarded, a little jaded. Yeah, she's very open. Very gracious and lovely. And I would fight anyone who said a bad word about her now. I just would. Yeah. She is. Um, she's our girl. She's our girl. We we ended on. She's going to be your sisters, girl. and she's yeah. She's definitely going to be your girl. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I I feel like you have never heard a story like this before. So sit back, and listen to this interview with the lovely and talented Cassandra Peterson. 
thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, we are so fascinated by you oh, well, and your you. life. Thank we you. were reading and listening on the way here. Yeah, to it's unbelievable. The things like when you, yeah, just the Start. first sentence of your bio, we were like, what? <laughs> no, it's 17. Oh my God, what is it? The oh, youngest yeah. showgirl, showgirl in, Las in Las Vegas. You moved from Kansas City. No, I mean, not Kansas City. Manhattan. Manhattan. Oh, Manhattan. You're a Manhattanite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, talk about like blazing your own trail. You. I think of anyone we've interviewed so yeah. far have created your own world niche brand, yeah. you know, Thank and you. it's extraordinary. So if we're fangirling, it's because <laughs> it's really an amazing life. Yeah. God. Thank you. Yeah. I no, I, I'm along on the floor. <laughs> um, kneeling at you. Yeah, I'm kneeling at your feet. That's where yeah. I am. So tell mm. us, you're in Kansas. Mm. And you, what, you have this desire to move to Vegas I, at 17? You know, I was in Kansas. I was born on a farm. And then the town that I grew up in, Randolph, I mean, the town that it was nearest, they flooded the valley. It was called the Blue Valley. They flooded it to create a lake and a dam. So all my family was forced, after generations living there, were forced to move away. So we ended up, when I was seven, moving to Colorado Springs. So I, I was in Kansas from zero to seven, okay. and then um, uh, Colorado Springs from seven to seventeen. And this whole Vegas thing happened when I was about fourteen, and I was a go-go dancer. <laughs> At fourteen? At fourteen. Yes. We're, we're like... A nightclub? Like, You're you kidding know, dancing me. At fourteen they let you do yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, there must have just been no rules back then, I'm right? I'm serious. What is your so prudish now? My dad picked me up after work at 2 in the morning every night. You know, I had to be at school at 8 a.m., so you that was are, really tough. Wait a minute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought my dad was cool for picking me up from Yum Yum Donuts at 5. That's yeah, crazy. No, well, pretty soon I started driving when I was 15. I didn't have a license so you or anything, had but men, I decided I'll just drive anyway. You had men oogling you? Oh, yeah. At 14. Oh, yeah. Were you okay? I mean, did that make you feel... Fine. I mean, I just wanted to dance. And, and, you know, I got a lot of attention from guys, that's for sure. But I don't know. I managed to fend them off, really, pretty much. I I had, you know, boyfriends here and there, crushes on people. Mostly I was busy chasing bands in my spare time. That's what I was doing. I was running all over the countryside after bands. Like who? Oh my God! Everybody, um, uh, God. First, I started out with the, uh, the Young Rascals, and uh, um, oh my God, Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. Trying to think of all it. Finally, ended up like I mean Frank Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention and Jimi Hendrix. Finally, ended up wow. Uh, you know, mobile home behind the stadium with Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's it going to be, the whole interview's going to be wait. Yeah, wait, no, I know. You were <laughs> making out? Yes, all we did was make out because he didn't have time to do anything else because he was going on stage in like about 15 minutes. I was in the audience at the Denver Pop Festival when fans 
broke down the fence to get in because they were mad because it cost like three dollars and fifty cents to get in, man. Can you imagine? And, yeah, no, it was like, and they thought it shouldn't be. It, it should be free for everyone. I don't know why they thought that, but they broke the fence down. Everybody rushed the stage. The police started throwing tear gas. Hit me in the head with a canister of tear gas and knocked and me down. And you wake up and Jimi Hendrix lips. Just about. I, I wake up and I got burns from tear gas going down my face and my chest. Just like super red, burning, burning sensation. And they rushed me back behind the stage where there's this uh, first aid tent. And they treat me with stuff. And then they said, you know, they put this stuff all over my face and say, okay, go ahead and go back and... As I'm going back, there's this trailer there, and there's this really large kind of guard standing there, and he goes, hey, you want to meet Jimi Hendrix? And I go, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> He's got tear gas. He goes, come in, you know. Yeah. So Jimi Hendrix is sitting there, and he goes, what happened? What's going on? What the hell's going on out there? You know, and I told him everything, and he's like, oh, the pigs, man, and U.S., I've had it with America, blah. You know, he's ranting and raving. And then we ended up sharing a doobie that he had with him and then making out on the little bed that was in the back of the trailer. And then they go, Jimmy, Jimmy, get, get Little on. vocal warm-up for him. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> and uh, he goes, okay, well, here's my number. Call me after the show. So I go back to my seat with my, my best friends there, the, this girl, Liz, and I go, I'm going, Liz, Liz, you want me to, she, she's going, shut up, Jimi Hendrix is on, shut up, you know, I keep going, but, you know, yeah. I keep trying to tell her, she's going, quiet, somebody quiet, and, um, anyway, finally I tell her, and she's like, oh, holy Jesus, and we, we leave the concert, we get in her car, which we had put daisy decals all over, it was really awesome, and, uh, drive to a payphone, and we call the number, we wait a couple hours, call the number, and, First, this girl answers, and she's like, oh, uh, uh, we go, is Jimmy uh, Hendrix there? And she goes, uh, Jimmy! Oh, and then and they hand the phone to me, and he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and I'm going, it's Cassandra, remember, the trailer, remember, the one that got burned with the, with the tear gas? We just get sort of saying, where are you? Where are you? What's the what hotel? Where? Tell us where to go. Uh, you know, it was like that. Yeah. And it was just like, uh, get off the phone. But okay, so what you're telling or, the oh, young listen. young girls is to go to concerts, get tear gas, and you can yes. meet anyone you want to meet. That is my advice. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So just to, yeah. Um, that was just a fortuitous uh, knock on the But it seems like all of gas, your, right? all of these things in your life have been these serendipitous kind of they not have. by accident but by sheer like crazy what yeah. I mean <clears throat> I mean I think that the Vegas story is the weirdest example of kind of manifesting things that you want I mean before the Jimi Hendrix thing happened I was I mean I was a huge huge Jimi Hendrix fan I still am you know he has mm -hmm. a new album coming out no. Yes, he has a new album. No, it's no. coming out like this week. It's uh, all songs that were never released by Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Wow. I just heard so it yesterday and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, where can I get it? Anyway, oh, wow. I was a huge fan, so I was this type, and I went to the Denver Pop Festival to see a lot of other acts, like the Mother Mothers of Invention and Three mm -hmm. Dog Night, and 
Oh my God, it was really great. Um, but Jimi Hendrix was the, you know, Headline. what I was really going for. Yeah. So, the Vegas thing, well, bringing that up is, I think, you know, if I concentrate hard enough on something, then it happens. The Vegas thing was uh, when I was You're a 14. Witch. I, I, think, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think everybody can be, yeah. though, if they want. All women. Um, went to, yeah, women, anyway. Yeah. I went to, I was a big, big Elvis Presley fan, giant Elvis Presley fan. So I went and saw all his ridiculous movies, you know. The, right, the beach. Uh, yeah, all the beach <laughs> movies and Blue Hawaii and the fun in Acapulco and yeah. all of those. So one day I go to see Viva Las Vegas came out and I went to that. And it was one of those moments that you just like, I mean, when the movie started and I saw, you know, Anne Margaret and they were in Las Vegas and I saw the strip and I saw the lights and and Margaret was this dancer in a show, like kind of like a showgirl, you know, but a dancer and she meets Elvis and they have a romance. I, I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It was like an epiphany. It really was. That's like, going to be this me. This is what I want to do. This is what, this is me. This is, I've got to do it. You know, she has red hair. I'm just like Anne Margaret. I can do this. Yeah. And um, so I obsessed on it. I went home and I, I, I literally, not purposely, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. I went back to the movie a, a million times. I don't know how many times. And just kept staring at it, going, "This is this is this is what I'm gonna do." So then I'm 14 or 15 when it came out. I can't remember, but um, all of a sudden I'm like 17. I'm on spring break in my senior year at high school. My parents <coughs> take me and my oh, Lord, just my phone barking. Sorry, I just leave it. Yikes. Uh, anyway, okay, sorry. <laughs> My parents to take my sisters and I on vacation to California to see my aunt and uncle. We, we used to do that every couple of years. And uh, um, we're driving to uh, California and my parents stop in Vegas. And I go, please, 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 please take me to one of those shows, like a showgirl show, you know. And uh, they said, well, you know, okay. And I said, don't worry, I have a fake ID. <laughs> Uh, don't worry, Mom don't worry. I have a fake ID, and I'm gonna look. I'm gonna, you know, dress dress to look really old. Don't worry, I'll, I'll be fine. And they're finally okay, okay. So we decided to go to this this show called Casino de Paris at the Dunes, and uh, I put on like a wiglet that I had, like this super, you know, high hairdo, and um, my Fredericks of Hollywood bra, which was like the major, major push up. Which I almost died from that that trip in the in the pool because it soaked up water and pulled me to the bottom. I wore it in the pool when I was swimming. <laughs> could have been the I wore end. it all the time. That could have been the end of the story. It could have been the end of the story right there. I didn't know it fill up with water and just anyway. Um, they so, could say that on the tag. <laughs> yeah, they should. I think they're not the only no, one. It's like two giant sponges, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's just like pulling you down the bottom. Anyway, so uh, I put on tons of makeup, eyelashes, everything. I was all into that because of being a, a, a you know, go-go girl. So I go in, I must have looked very sophisticated or like a hooker at least or something. And I go with my parents and sit down at the worst table in the place, like back in the back, because my dad, of course, didn't know to tip the maitre d'. And uh, the maitre d' comes over and says, oh, you must be a showgirl here in Vegas. Of course, he'd never seen anybody with that much makeup on mm -hmm. that wasn't a showgirl. Right. So I was, trying to be cool and go, oh, no, not really. You know, like, oh, my yeah. God, is he going to start asking questions or want to see my ID, which oh, doesn't yeah. look all that much like me. And um, it was my girlfriend Liz's ID, so it really didn't look anything like me. But I, uh, I just, you know, was very calm and coy. And the next thing 
I know, out comes this woman, <clears throat> and her name is Bluff, and she says, can you come backstage with me? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm busted. I'm, I didn't know what was going right. on. My parents are like petrified. They're just mm -hmm. sitting there, uh, you know, dying. And uh, we were having champagne cocktails. You twirl the little twizzle stick to make the bubbles go away. It was awesome. And uh, why would like you do that? Like your parents more. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, and then, and then um, so, so uh, I go backstage. It's this woman fluff, and then she calls the stage manager, this guy, Sandro Dornini. And they come in and say, can you dance? And they say, yes, I'm a dancer. And they go, if we put on a record, could you dance to it? And I go, sure. So they put on record, I dance. And then they say, we're having auditions tomorrow for a new show here called Viva Lake Girls. Would you like to audition? You'd be great. And I just broke down crying right then. I go, I'm only 17. I'm not supposed to be here. I couldn't do it. And I'm losing it. And they Confessing. go, well, let's talk. We'll talk to the producer, this guy, Frederick Apcar. We'll talk to the producer and see what he can do. So they take us back. They put my parents and me in the best booth in the house. Uh, when I get back, my parents have a bottle of champagne out there. Sweet. And so it's like, oh my god. Yeah. And they're uh, like, you can take her. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Well, it was a little more difficult than that. Yeah. The next morning, I beg them. They're they're really like, this is some kind of gimmick. This is weird. This is where you're going to be sold into white slavery mm -hmm. now. This yeah. is very strange. We'll go with you to Frederick Apcar's, you know, and see what he says. So we go up there, and he says. If you, to, to my parents, if you sign a contract, if you sign off on this, she can uh, work here. She can't go in the casino or drink alcohol or anything, but she can dance with no top on. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the most wow. bizarre thing? Yeah. Standard contract. I yeah. don't believe it. Yeah, standard contract. Yeah. And my parents go, oh, okay, and, and they take the contract and we go on to California and my parents say, there's no way you're going back there. That's not happening. Mm -hmm. not a, and I make their life. We were okay with you hell. drinking. Yeah, yeah, drinking and the, you know a fake ID. Yeah. But we gotta draw the line somewhere. Yeah. And um, I was basically like, you can't stop me. I'll run away. You know, it, I made their life really. Yeah, a you were spirited. Time. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you were driving by then. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, oh, I was driving all over to do. Um, I mean, I was 15 and 16. I didn't have my driver's license. I was driving to Wyoming and. North Dakota, by yourself? South Dakota, yeah, by myself to do gigs. Like, I can't tell you the times I almost got killed in like blizzards and stuff. Yeah, it was crazy. I'd do it like on any like Christmas break or spring break or whatever. Oh. Anyway, so I, I made them miserable for several months, and uh, then I graduated, and by that time I had talked them into signing the contract, <laughs> like forced them. Like, you know, They're like just like, get like, the sign hell that, out of here. Sign that. I'll leave. I'll kill myself. <laughs> no, I was doing everything, you know. Oh my and, gosh. and they signed it. And they, uh, I left right after graduated. I threw my stuff in the car and drove to Vegas. And uh, that same trip, I had met this girl who was a cocktail waitress at Caesar's Palace, and she said I could live with her. So I just oh moved in with her and her family. It was so bizarre. And uh, her parents. No, it was uh, her kids, her kids oh, and her oh, husband. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> they, they also had two of the guys from the band Chicago living with them. <laughs> I mean, just while they were playing oh, in Vegas. Yeah. Just, uh, the whole yeah. thing was just being crazy. And, and yeah, anyway, and then all of a sudden I was a, a showgirl. And the weird thing was, I was in a show called Viva Les Girls, kind of like Viva Las yeah. Vegas. 
I ended up Comedy. meeting Elvis, as yeah. you may have heard, and I ended up meeting uh, Anne Margaret. I was actually dating her boyfriend for a while. Wow. And uh, but it's kind of like the whole thing. The movie came true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you you. Um, it's like I manifested the movie. Yeah, and Elvis, you. I mean, well, anyway, the whole <laughs> Brat Pack were around at that time, right? You mean the Rat Pack? Yeah. Did yeah, I say that? Rat. You said yeah, Rat. Rat. Yeah, I said Rat Pack. From the 80s. <laughs> I know the Rat Pack. Too. <laughs> and Kelly and Chad Nelson. They were um, around. Yeah, it was 69, and they were pretty much like broken up. Sammy Davis Jr. is still. I, I need to hear. You need Frank to tell the Sammy Davis oh, Jr. story, that I, that please. I told to, uh, yeah. Oh, um, my God, please. Chris Hardwick. Oh, God. Well, yeah, that was a crazy story. I, We were dying. I had we yeah, gone to Tijuana and, and met um, with, with some of the other showgirls. We went down to Tijuana for a weekend. I don't know what the heck we were doing. And uh, I bought a glass eyeball that I was going to make into a ring. And it was awesome. It was hollow, but, you know, just like a curved disc kind of that mm -hmm. people really did put in their eyes for when yeah. they needed a glass eye. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you were going to make yeah. a ring. So you were, you were awesome freaky. Ring. You I were freaky thought, already yeah, oh, at this point. Was, I thought, that made such an awesome ring. Mm -hmm. And uh, came back and then we heard that Sammy Davis Jr. was in the audience that night. And, you know, I knew he had a glass eye. So <laughs> I thought, wouldn't it be awesome to glue the glass eye on one of my nipples? And that's what I did when I went out to do the number. And uh, <laughs> wouldn't it be awesome? Uh, yeah, I mean, it just you know came to me, and all the girls were like egging me on, daring me, yeah. dare. Of yeah. course, they go, oh, wouldn't it be funny if that? Yeah. And they go, yes, yes, do it, do it, do it. And they knew, you know, I was an idiot, and I was seventeen, so they, yeah. they knew I was would do anything. Yeah. They told me to do, and uh, so I did it. And luckily, Sammy Davis Jr. came back afterwards with his wife Altavis, and. He was dying. He thought it was the funniest thing he had so ever he seen. So he saw the glass eye on your nipple. He yes. saw it. Oh, yeah. There was no way. Yeah. Uh, you you oh, definitely yeah. could see it because we were in a small showroom. It was a, it was a lounge show. It wasn't like okay. hundreds of oh, people. Oh, okay. It was a smaller show. Um, and so you were, you know, you were close up. You Did were, you wear paste, like pasties? No. no. So it was, it was just an exposed breast so yeah. and then the eyeball. Everything yeah. else was covered. But so yeah. So yeah. I just had... Focal point. Yeah. yeah. So he enjoyed it. Thank God. Thank yeah. God. He wasn't upset. Because if he did, no. you'd be. Yeah, probably out of the show. <laughs> yeah. Or you know. Well, I got yelled, yelled at plenty. Believe me, from the people uh, running the show. But I'm sure they were. Yeah, they thought probably thought it was a disaster until Sammy liked it. Thought it was brilliant, and yeah. then they were and kind of like, calmed oh, yeah, down. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I was doing stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, then you went to Europe, right? You. No, we're still in Vegas. Don't leave Vegas. <laughs> well, you hung out with Elvis. We hung out with Elvis. Oh, everybody then. It was like, you know, Elvis and Engelbert Humperdinck and Tom Jones and all those people around. I went to. Oh, what's his name? Frank. Oh, what's his name? Frank Sinatra. You know, what's his <laughs> name? Yeah. Uh, I went to his. Uh, he has blue eyes. Uh, birthday party. I think it was his 50th. I'd have to check, but it was at Caesars, the newly opened Caesars Palace. Wow. And, um, I went with, my date was one of the Osman brothers. <laughs> and I don't remember Jimmy? which one. It was the old one. No, Jimmy was, was Jimmy, Jimmy was, was the little baby. baby. Jimmy he was the baby. No, he wasn't. I, I, I sat at dinner with the Osmonds and held Donnie on my lap. We did Donnie's PR. 
Did you really? Yeah. Oh my it's god! One of the people. My ex manager managed managed Donnie for a long wow, time. Wow, really? But so I you held him on, my lap and, on, yeah. on your in lap. And he, yeah, we were sitting at the table, and he sat on my lap. And I, I've, I've run into him since, and he's always like, "Oh, I'd love to sit on your lap again." But yeah, eventually. But yeah, I was there with him meeting Frank Sinatra, and oh my god, Frank Sinatra said this was so. It, it, Oh. I was with the Osmond family, the mom and dad, the kids. I can't see everybody. you with their family. I, know. I can't see I know. you. I know my showgirl. Yeah, this is I can't. I love it. And Imagine we it. went over to say hello to Mr. Sinatra and mm -hmm. thank you for inviting us and happy birthday, whatever it was. And, and uh, I put my hand out to shake his hand and he did not put his hand out. He said, nice tits. <gasps> That's all in front of the Osmonds, mom and dad. I mean, I like sunk into the floor. How shitty is that? Yeah, I mean, what an asshole. Yes, yeah. Ah, I mean, yeah, that's how that was my, ooh, I just like. Well, you must have, you must have a million stories like that. I mean, talk about this Me Too movement and all that. I mean. I started writing yeah. a chapter in my book. I'm writing my uh, autobiography for the last yeah, 400 years. Yeah, we were just <laughs> talking about uh, you need we need to have a uh, book from you. I have been writing it forever. I have to I have to like start thinking about a publisher and an editor and all that stuff now. Mm -hmm. it, this book's going to go on. It's going to be longer than the Bible. It really is. It's, I guess. It will be a Bible to many people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so what was I, oh, I was writing? Oh yeah, and I started a chapter about. The things that went on, like the media, it's actually called "You'll Never Work in This Town Again," because that's what uh, one guy, who I was at an audition and an executive from uh, Colgate Palm Palmolive, was interviewing me, and then he stood up from behind the desk and had no pants on, nothing on from the waist down, and in an office and everything. That is so and gross. And as I like ran down the hall, he literally yelled at me, "You'll never work in this town again." With no pants on. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Uh... Pantsless. Um, but. But then I started writing about situations, you know, the, mm -hmm. throughout, throughout my life that, uh, of men, you know, uh, harassing and, and much worse, I mean, sexual harassment, but, you know, for jobs, because I was an actress. And I, I, have, to, <clears throat> I have to say, I did put myself in a situation that was, mm -hmm. that maybe you did ask for it. I don't know. Go-go dancer, showgirl. You know, actress. Yeah, no. But really, do you but really deserve your, that? No. Don't you get the opportunity to say no? Yeah, this is my persona. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a whore. Yeah. I, I lost mean, so many, many, many jobs. I know if they want whores, why can't they yeah, call whores? Yeah, right. You know, it, it's not yeah. about sex, obviously. Or yeah. Or Weinstein could have called every hooker in New right. York and right. had right. them all day long, right? Power. But but power and and the the sad thing that was it cost me jobs and career moves. You know. And money. I was desperate for money, you know, but you go on an audition and they, you know, start asking you questions like, do you enjoy, you know, giving head or whatever? You go, uh, excuse me, what? Uh, and then, you know where that's going? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Two minutes later. And so you're like, well, okay, thank you for the interview. Bye. And you're, you're So out, you just, you going, didn't oh, tolerate any of job. it? No. Yeah. No. Because you, you're very, you're a very funny person. And so I'm wondering if you maybe used humor at that Sometimes point. Sometimes I out, did, depending on the situation. Some situations were scarier than others, you know, yeah. where you were like alone and you're like, oh my God. But other situations, yeah, I did try to, you know, try to use uh, 
humor, but yeah. you know, there were some very serious ones. There were some really scary ones, and there were some that were just like every day, like, oh, you know. You have to deal with this shit. Yeah, yeah. Were you yeah. ever assaulted? Do you mind me asking? Yes. I'm going to save that for the book. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Because I, I was a couple of times. One, one thing I'll, I'll talk about is uh, the, the one assault I had was with a famous person. So I'm still wondering about the legality of all of that. And the other one I had was just a date rape, just about, you know, and I was not a, I was not a prude. I was, I was out there, you know, I was a 60s flower child, you know, yeah. from 19 on, strangely, I was a virgin until I was 19, very strange. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why, but um, I was, See, I mean, after you're after a go-go go like, dancer at 14, and you're a virgin until yeah. you're 19, I yeah. mean, until I was 19. Wow. And I'm, I'm running around, uh, uh, God, where were they going with this? Oh, I, I, I don't know. You know, so I was having sex with lots of guys. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, uh, you know, I meet somebody I really like, and they're yeah, cute, which and that's what happens. Yeah, 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 yes. but exactly. Yeah, I so I don't think I was any different than anybody else. Yeah. I knew at the time, you yeah. know. Uh, but I had a, a guy come. I met a guy at a bar, and he was really cool and he was cute. And I go, I'll come over, and um, this is my apartment, and we go over, and we like smoke some weed, and. You're drinking and recently, you know, I'm just not feeling the chemistry, you know, it's just mm -hmm. not there. It's kind of, yeah. I don't know, it's just happening. Pretty soon I go, well, you know, thanks for coming over, but um, I gotta get up tomorrow and go to work or I have an audition or something. And and uh, so let's call it night. And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, I, I mean, good night. Thank you for coming over. <laughs> I gotta get up early. And he's going, oh no, this is not happening. And, and uh, oh. the next thing he has, he's, knocks me down to the floor and it pulls his fist back and says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, do you want me to punch your teeth down your throat? And he pulls his arm back and he says, you know, and I'm like, no, no, stop. And basically, you just go limp, like a limp, limp yeah. rag and like do whatever you have to do and then get away, you know? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I thought it was really gonna be yeah, yeah. killed. He, I mean, he became very, very rough, you know? Knocking me around, knocking me out the floor, and then it's gonna punch me in the yeah. face, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, what do you do at that point? Yeah. I kept saying, get out of here. Good. And then when he left, he goes, don't tell anybody, don't call anybody. I know where you live and you will be sorry. And then I lived in terror for the next like year that he was gonna come yeah. back, you know? How horrible. Yeah, but I mean, just stuff like that. Don't, don't you, as a woman, have the right to say to somebody, Absolutely. Hey, look, I don't want to have sex, okay? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but there's finally, finally women like you, though, are speaking up. Yeah, and then I didn't say a thing to yeah. anybody. I sat in the shower and cried all because night. Because you were terrified. I was terrified. terrified. Yeah. I was terrified. I mean, I tried to find a place to move, but just moving everything you have and yeah. finding an apartment that was as cheap as the one I had was mm -hmm. not like, you just don't do that in five minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, it was horrifying. It was, uh, and I love that you didn't give up your, you know, your path because of that. You weren't, you weren't scared enough, though, to give up yourself. Like, you became, you know, you were still a showgirl. You became, you sang for a band in Europe. You, you didn't hide away from, you became Elvira. You didn't yeah, hide away no, from it, kept, you know. You, I just kept going. I guess I was, uh, But that's bravery. Well. Or stupid. No, yes. you're not. I, 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 I don't know. I know you, you, you know, your act stupid, and stuff. Stupidity would be but, stupidness. <laughs> not but, stupidness. But you're far from that. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I knew what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to be 
in show business. Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be. At one point I wanted to be a dancer, at one point I wanted to be a singer, then I wanted to be an actress, then I more specifically wanted to be a comedian. And oh, yeah, I, I find just that fascinating knew too. that that's what I wanted to do, you know, yeah. do, and I just didn't want to stop. But I was getting close to 30 by then, and I did think... In Vegas? Uh, no, no, oh, by uh, then I was in Hollywood, and this, this happened in Hollywood okay. with that guy, uh, and, and I was going on auditions, but I was just getting to, uh, close to 30, and... and I've been warned a million times, when you're a woman and you're in L.A. and you haven't made it by 30, get out of here, you're done. You're out to pasture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, you know, 30. Yeah. I mean, I'd been told that I couldn't even get an agent at the time. Um, you know, I had an agent, but he had a problem with his hands. He, he couldn't keep them off me. Oh, <laughs> no, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's oh, okay. okay, no, but he, um, so I was looking for a new agent, and... What you they were just saying, with. 30, you're going to be 30, you're done, your career's yeah. done. Start knitting. Why didn't you yeah. lie? You look like you're 30 now. Thank you. But, but yeah, no, I should have lied. But uh, anyway, just, okay, so just, uh, I, I decided I was going to retire when I was 30, and I was going to be an agent for uh, artists, for movie posters, because I had done a temporary secretary gig for this company. And all these artists were coming in and showing their portfolios, and they were always saying, "Oh, you know, an agent, you know, they can take my book around." And I thought that would be an awesome gig. Uh huh. Wow. So I started for an old lady. I was gonna ever <laughs> old lady. Really, then you know, really, thirty was super old. I mean, it was so funny. Like about dancing, dancers were really old when you get to be about twenty-five. It was kind of like you better start looking for other work because. Yeah over 25 you know dancer oh, well yeah, I think it's interesting now that we're talking about obstacles like that like age I mean you when you were little you were burned severely yeah scalded yeah. and you have you have a lot of skin grafts and I do over your body yeah. and to, to sure want to be so. a topless yeah, dancer like, like that on my back yeah I like your back tattoo yeah I love your tattoo that's um, from my movie. <laughs> but you, so, so you've, I mean, talk about building character. I mean, something like that will, you were probably, I mean, you were burned bad. And yeah. you, I love the story about, well, talk about how you were burned um, first. And then. Yeah, I was, I was a year and a half old. It's so odd. We lived on a farm in Kansas and my mother and my cousin were outside. It was on Good Friday, which is that? That's coming up, right? Yeah. Uh, it was on Good Friday, and they were outside boiling Easter eggs. Now you why? are a witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. In a cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a cauldron. And I was a good you Friday. Know, I was in the house on Good Friday. <laughs> boiling eggs and lizards and frogs. Uh, and no. And uh, I don't know why I was in the house, and my mom and my cousin were outside. It seems a little mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. neglectful, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know, but somehow I'm in the house. I'm a year and a half, and I push a chair over to the stove, climb up on it to see what the sound, I guess, going on in there yeah. of the eggs, and started to fall and grab the kettle. Oh, and my mom still had the kettle. It was a big, giant cast iron kettle full of water, so it was a lot of water. And as I fell, pulled the kettle back onto me. And then my mom, who was had been a 
a nurse uh, up until I was born, put, put lard all over me. You know, that's what they did that's back they then. Did. And yeah. now you know it's like the worst thing you could yes. do, right? Yeah. She just rubs lard all over me. And my skin came off wherever, like she put her hands, you know. It was a severe, it was severe, right? Oh, you were severe. like fighting for your life. 35% of my body was burned. And when they got to that little hospital in Manhattan, they said, this is not survivable. Manhattan, Kansas, yes, not Manhattan, New York, unfortunately. And They said that won't survive because over 25% of your body burned was considered unsurvivable because there was no penicillin, right? penicillin, so. And you were also one and a half. You were a baby. Yes, so tiny, so that's a lot of your body yeah. being burned, you know, and uh, and there were third degree burns, all, you know, all of it was third degree. So they, but they did give you penicillin, right? They I mean, did, they, they, I, I survived for 24 hours, and, and they said after 24 hours, they said she's still alive, get her to Kansas City where there's a big burn center. And I don't know how, I, I, you know, I've got to ask my mom, how the heck did you get me there? How'd you have the money? I don't know. Yeah. To do that, but they took me to the hospital. And it was like experimental at that time, right? It was completely experimental. They they had used it. I was reading up on it. It was um, I can't remember the names for it now, but but they had it. They didn't really know how it would work, but they said, "Why not try it?" Because she's going to die anyway. Yeah. So they gave me. It's really funny. They gave me thousands of IU's, which now they would give you ten. You know, they yeah. just like shot me full of it. Shot me full of it. Which oh now gosh. penicillin has no effect on me whatsoever. It's like taking I'm surprised you're not allergic to it like yeah no allergy, you know, just like, non-effective yeah. isn't that weird uh-huh um but they started giving it to me and I didn't die and I didn't die and I didn't die and finally they said oh start she's gonna stay alive and they started uh cutting off there's your character and everything and they started yeah. grafting it you know on, on the places and they, so you you I, I love too that you say you kind of felt like a monster like throughout your life and how At you ended up being Elvira and kind of like this whole horror yeah. monster thing. You know, it's funny people look at me now and go you don't I don't see any burn scars you don't look bad yeah. this is like 21 surgeries I've had since I was an adult but mm. also when you're little these scars I mean you see this one right here I've had a million surgeries on this yeah now um, that you yeah yeah and yeah. taking out all the scar tissue mm -hmm. that keeps building up and then and then, um, but it used to be giant and wrinkly and red and purple and just like, you know, stretching and pulling from here to my shoulder. And when I was little, it looked really awful. Can I imagine? So I just wore turtlenecks, long sleeves, you know, I didn't want to ever... Didn't swim? Didn't, no. I bet I, gym I, I, class? I, even changing in gym. Was oh, I would not. Oh, no. God, yeah. that I refuse to do. I mean, they made me change, and I would not do it. I'd do anything. I wouldn't take swimming. I mean, I it's never, traumatic I never enough. I to swim. Even though my bra pulled me to the bottom, it didn't. I was just bobbing around in the pool. I did not know how to swim. Never learned how to swim. Still don't know how to swim. So you became a go-go dancer with <laughs> yeah. these scars at 14. What was, what was the... You could do that, but you couldn't swim got, or change a gym. Yeah. What was the switch? Because if it wasn't an anonymous kind it of thing? It was weird. I still don't know why I switched. I went from never showing any skin or wanting people to see me or anything to, like, take it all off, you know? Just like... Yeah. You just I mean, I, I think... I honestly think it was a matter of getting bigger and the scars started getting better and I started thinking oh my god they're they're they look so great now you know I mean yeah. as yeah. compared to when I was a child yeah uh, and that I was like 
it was a newfound like I look awesome now, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it had to do with just getting larger, making up for lost time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, you know, and and going the opposite way, like oh, I've been hiding. I've been yeah. You must know, have been felt so isolated. And, yeah. And when I was in Vegas, I had to wear head to toe body makeup, but um, but you know, it, mm -hmm. apparently it didn't bother anybody. Yeah. I told them about the scars, and they said, oh, we can. It's mostly discoloration. We can cover that with paint tape makeup yeah so it's, and it's, mostly it, your, your entire body was covered honestly in costumes and feathers and stuff yeah. very With little the sheer, showed, right the sheer boobs. like oh everything I mean we had things. we had like fur yeah. feathers and all the costumes because there were, there were so many like rhinestones yeah, right yeah. stuff that and they then your legs that you're mostly yeah. covered yeah huh. except for your boobs which it's, thank <laughs> god my boobs were affected not <laughs> that was a close one yeah, yeah. right yeah but they took they took I mean they, these people you were 17 and this this promoter or producer of when you were a showgirl, mm -hmm. they had to go through that rigmarole to get you yeah. through your parents to sign off, and and then the body makeup, and you know you were up front up front about it. I mean they they really wanted you. Yeah, I think they, they wanted did well. You. I had pretty awesome boobs. <laughs> I think yeah. that was the uh, main attraction there. You know, I I like. I swear, I developed, I think, overnight when I was, like, 14, just, like, one night I went to sleep flat, the next morning I woke up, and it, I just had See, now that would boobs. be traumatic. Weird. <laughs> well, I was so like, this is awesome. Yeah, no. I don't know. You took, you took, yeah. you took, you took the took footballs your... and ran yeah. with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when I was in Vegas, I would be leaving the hotel, and there, people, like, husband would run up and go, oh, my God, who did your boob job? You have the most amazing boobs I've ever seen. I'm going to buy them go, for myself. No one, no one. They're, and you yeah. go, oh, come on, cut the crap. You know, I, I'd say, no, these are real. These are yeah. really my boobs. And they would be like, ah, screw you, and you walk yeah. away, you know. <laughs> Everybody said, how, how did you get your boobs to look like that? Back then, they did silicone injections on oh, really? people for bus jobs. Yeah. And those looked hideous, hideous. Well, wouldn't they, they just be they so... They just look like two yeah. rocks sticking out that have been buried like rocks with stretchy skin in between. <laughs> I mean, I know that because I'd seen a couple showgirls who had done that. Uh-huh. And what was really nice is the silicone would stray and they'd have lumps down uh, here in their oh, rib cage. Horrible. Oh, it was What you have horrifying. to do. Yeah, right? Yeah. But, you know, I, I was 17. That's why I had great-looking boobs. Everybody, all the other showgirls in the show were closer to 30. Yeah. You know, they were like 26, 27, 28, 29. There mm -hmm. were even uh, one that was 32. So, naturally, their boobs aren't going to look as right, great. Right, right. Yeah. You yeah. know, they all had great bodies, but they didn't have 17-year-old boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I'm yeah. suspecting that's why they wanted me so bad to mm -hmm. go through all the, yeah. jump through all those hoops. Yeah. So, so you're in Vegas, and you... you talk to Elvis one night or something about yeah. your next steps and he, it, well he came to see the show yeah and um, my roommate uh, this woman named Jennifer who from England was dating Elvis's money manager Joe Esposito who recently uh, passed away I, I loved him I was friends with him stayed friends with him for many years till he passed away mm -hmm. and um, Jennifer had been dating him whenever he came into town or he was nearby. She'd been seeing him for over a period of years, I guess. And uh, she said, 
Elvis and Joe said they're going to have a party after the show, and do, do you want to come with me? And I was like, what? You know, I lost my mind, and she took me with her. And no tear gas. Yeah, no tear gas. <laughs> and we got to the, the suite at the top of the International Hotel. It was called then. It was a giant two-story suite with a you know, grand piano and then windows that you see all around. And, and it was Elvis never a lot of people there. There were... I don't know if they were business people he worked with, fans, mm -hmm. other showgirls, other entertainers from Vegas, and a ton of people. And Elvis like kind of just glommed onto me. And I, I'm thinking, you know, think about it with Priscilla. Remember how he yeah, yeah, yeah. was in love with Priscilla? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with her mm -hmm. while she was 14, 15, 16, mm -hmm. whatever, yeah. and then away. So obviously. Imagine you know. if you had the Elvira wig then. I know. I, I would have looked exactly yeah. like Priscilla, yes. right? Yeah. Oh, God. Now, I do. I see pictures of me. I recently met her just like last year, and she was adorable. I was wondering if she was going to punch me or anything, <laughs> but she was a doll. She was so sweet. Yeah. She was just like, oh, I heard about you, Alice. That was so great. <laughs> she was a doll. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we did look kind of alike back then, yeah. you know, with the hair and all that. So anyway, Elvis, I, I hung out with him that evening all till the next morning. Um, till, till the next morning, and uh, uh, we talked, we sang, he explained numerology to me, and religion, and talked about drugs, he told me I should never ever do any drugs, I should never smoke pot, I should, you know, he was super anti-drugs, he was telling me about he had just met with Nixon, and he ran and got his belt, and showed me his belt that Nixon gave him, you know, and it looked like one of those big yeah. WW wrestling belts like that, you know, and uh, whatever they are, and and um, we just had a blast. We we were having fun. We were singing on the piano together, and he was playing. He goes, "Oh, I wrote this song, and it was really Moonlight Sonata." But he wrote lyrics to it, and so he was singing that to me. <laughs> and I started harmonizing with him, and he goes, "Oh, do you do sing?" And I said, "Oh, not really." And we started messing around the piano and singing other stuff. And he said, "You know, you really have a good voice. You you ought to." Go take some singing lessons, just get a vocal coach. And he said, start singing and get the hell out of Vegas. You you're, you, shouldn't be here. You're 17. This is not a town for a young girl. It, and it's not going to end well, you know? Yeah. He said, what, old, showgirls are old when they're 30 and they're retired. And where do you go after that? You're too old then to really get another job, as you know, as we know from the agents in, Mo mm -hmm. in uh, Los Angeles. Um, so what do you do? You end up being a you know, a, a, a dealer or a, a waitress or something. He goes, get the hell out now while you can. And I was like, really, really? But this is really Elvis. This is my dream. <laughs> yeah, really Elvis? Yeah, no, I don't know Elvis. him that much. I'm going, are you sure? This is my dream job, though. This is my... And he said, no, 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 you got to get out of here. And uh, so I took advice. I, w I went and got singing lessons the very next day. I mean, literally called somebody up, started going in and getting singing lessons. And within, I think, a month, I got a singing gig in my show. Um, I sang A Good Man is Hard to Find. Oh, yeah. and it was called The Lesbian Number. And I stood, we were wearing suits, and I stood on the side singing A Good Man is Hard to Find while the girls danced around and, and like, you know, flirted oh. with each other and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like crazy. But it upped my pay. Yeah. I got a raise, and I started thinking, 
Elvis is awesome. his son. Like He's never a great singer. Maybe but Elvis does know something about Maybe entertainment and advice. Mm. Who is this uh, person they call Elvis, and why does he yeah. know so much about entertaining? It was funny about the drug thing, and, and I truly, truly believe this. But even if, if you met me today and I said, oh, I, I don't believe in drugs, nobody should smoke pot, nobody should, mm -hmm. you would sort of believe me, right? Yeah. I mean, you would say, yeah. I've yeah. met her enough. To, yeah. And he was like, anti, anti-drug. And I, you know, I, I always tell people they're always a big druggie. And it was just like what happened to Judy Garland and uh, who else? Or all the other people. They get mm -hmm. the, the management, the, their managers give them uppers to get energy. Yeah. Then they can't go to sleep at night. And they give them downers. And a doctor is prescribing them. So they're not really drugs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the drug have, problem in this yeah. country now. Even yes, not from doctors. The yeah. biggest drug problem is because of doctors, yeah. not because of some guy on the corner selling mm -hmm. weed. No, that's not our problem. Yeah. I mean, look at Michael Jackson and Prince. Yeah, it's Michael like, Jackson, Prince. You know, you, the show example. must go on. And 20% of Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just take something for the pain. Yeah, right, you'll, exactly. You'll be okay. Take yeah. something to sleep. Take yeah, something the pressure to, is energy. unreal, right? pressure. Yeah. And then you fall into a cycle. Commercials on television. Mm -hmm. Yeah, commercial. I love that. I love drug commercials on TV. Mm -hmm. We're the only country that does that, aren't the we? The only country, yes. I mean, mm -hmm. it's shocking. Yeah. So people go, ha ha, Elvis, you know, yeah, he didn't take drugs, ha ha. No, I really don't think he did. I really think in his mind, I mean, if my mom took Valium all the time, and if you asked her, that, well, that was prescribed by the yeah, doctor. That's right. right. You know. That's right. Um, so I think Elvis and doctors were. I mean, oh, for people like yeah. people like us, were from mm -hmm. the mountains of Pennsylvania. The doctor said something. You don't question it. No, yeah. you just do it. Yeah, you, you know? just do it. And think about it. Elvis. He really was a. To me, my impression was extremely naive. Still had a kid-like quality. Mm -hmm. Really did, because I don't think he was ever allowed to grow up. Right. I think it's the same thing with Michael Jackson, yeah, don't yeah, you? Yeah. I don't oh, think he yeah, ever developed absolutely. emotionally mm -hmm. after like a certain age. I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around that, that level of fame, like that no, level. Me of, neither. I mean, that I have. You're a not taste a human being anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, how do you? How do you? When you when you know when we came up here, it was like, did you just come through the lobby? And this, there's no way you could have come through the lobby yeah, with no. everyone downstairs. Not with this crowd. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> monster crowd yeah but I get my own little taste of like fame and like having to do this and having to do that and the pressure and all that but mm -hmm. nothing 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 mm -hmm. compared to somebody like Prince or Michael mm -hmm. Jackson oh my god mm -hmm. it, it's just not a life it's not a life and, and also you have a persona it. too I mean you're you could dress up they he can't not be Michael Jackson. He couldn't no, not be Michael Jackson. No, unless he wore a right. ridiculous looking outfit. Yeah, yeah. And looked when he did. I mean, he yeah. did. <laughs> look, look, at, look at Amy. Poor Amy. Um, what, hello. I'm blanking. My brains are frying. The singer, Amy Winehouse. Yeah, yeah. It was really tragic. Her father didn't want her to go to rehab because she had all those gigs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw that movie, mm -hmm. but I did. It was did. she could have been saved and been okay. Right. But they kept the pressure on mm -hmm. to Funny. keep performing, keep getting out there. Instead You're not a of human stopping being anymore. And going to rehab. Now there's so many people around that make money off of you. Right. They don't want to stop the machinery. Right because they won't get paid either. Yeah, and then you're Amy's a product. Were you, were you surrounded by people like that? And uh, just my ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah not not so he, much. He was. No, but he he was. Uh, what happened with my husband and I is very bad idea. Don't ever have your husband be your manager. Oh. Is that if I wasn't working, he wasn't working. Right. So he drove me, drove me to work. You know, uh, all the time, even when after I had a baby and I really wanted to stay home and be with her and spend more time. I mean, I can't blame it all on him, but he was like, if you're not working, we don't have money coming in to pay all the bills, blah, 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 you know, I can't work. I know, and then you're, what, what, what do you become? Like, you're not his wife, you're his yeah. meal ticket, well, kind very of much like, like a pimp and a whore. Yes, you know? exactly, really, that's really what was. I was going to... It really was, and that's where the relationship, you know, it ruins any relationship you have. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how people like... Uh, I keep reaching back in the old, old days, but like mm -hmm. Ann Margaret and her manager, who I really love him, he was a great guy, um, but I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I think you become kind of business partners at that point and not husband and yeah, wife, right? Husband, I mean, like, you can't yeah. really, you know, yeah. like Sharon Osbourne and Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. I don't really, you yeah, know. No, I don't think you're, you're yeah. having a, such a crazy romance that's yeah. going on, you're yeah. just like business partners, it's yeah. true. So it, it really kind of spoils the yeah. relationship, you know. So you're you're um, you you do talk about you lost your virginity to Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Yes, yeah, in a way. I'll go with and that was in El that about. was in Vegas. Yeah, you know, I was only seventeen when I met Elvis, so I was underage. So obviously, he's smart enough, and the people around him are smart enough not to. Let, allow him to do anything with me. I mean, it was crazy how he was. They, they came up to him and went, Elvis, it's time to go to bed now. And he went, wow. Okay. And they kind of a guy got on each arm of him and walked him to his bedroom. Wow. I mean, isn't that freaky? I mean, you were talking about Michael's. Yeah, that's Elvis, zombie. It's time to go to bed yeah. now. Okay. That's freaky. Bye. I mean, at least like a 30, 32 year old guy, you know? Yeah. And, and there was no picture taking going on with me and him. You know, uh -huh. there's, they're not going to have any no, anything right. happening. So there. at least, they're I mean, the people the around him we kind of being watched all the time. yeah, yeah, protected him yeah. on that level at least. Yeah, yeah he had a whole entourage of people that oh, just did that, they right? They traveled. Him. Yeah, yep, a whole group, and they were there every second that I was with them. You know, I mean, they were in other parts of the yeah. room, but yeah. nobody was letting Elvis go off on his own. Uh -uh. Like, <laughs> Too much at stake for yeah. everybody. Yeah. yeah. Right. And with the girl who yeah. Know, yeah. was 17. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's oh, all that could he be needed. a serious, yeah, yeah, that's all you need, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, with Tom Jones, by then I was 19, so, yeah. Older. Old. Yes, yeah, so I was older and mature. <laughs> It was just fabulous. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and that's still in Vegas. You're still in yeah, Vegas. Yeah, I was, still, I was in tours. Vegas from the end of me being 17 through being 18, then just the beginning of me being 19. So, like, a year and a half stretch that covered Wow, a lot happened in that year and a half. It did. And so um, then Elvis tells you to go to Europe, and you go. Well, he just tells me to get the hell out get of out. Vegas. Get um, yeah. out, two The two lead singer-dancers in my show were... Um, gay um, couple mm -hmm. who, who were um, fabulous. They were named Vest and Clark, <clears throat> Buddy Vest and Sterling Clark, and their contract expired and they got a new gig at the Lido de Paris in Paris. And they said, you should come with me. And I, I really, I mean, without them in the show, I couldn't have imagined myself there because they were my, they were my everything. They took care of me. They took me places. They, 
they were just my best best oh, best good. buddies. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're like to your parents, I'm moving from Vegas now, mm -hmm. and I'm going, I'm going to Europe. Europe. Bye bye. <laughs> and I still want to make Still want to make Yeah. No, I had been to Europe with my um, school in my senior year. Shout out to the, Liz. The, the, the uh, year before I went in, I was a senior, and that summer I went to, so, so they said, study art history with a group. And I saved up all my go-go dancing money to pay for that trip because my parents didn't have the money to pay for it. So I'd gone to Europe and I'd gone to Italy, Yugoslavia, Greece, France, England, and you know, I was just like, I mean, it was like, the, the two things in my life that were most influential, I think, were going to Europe when I was a young kid and going, oh my God, this is so not Kansas. Yeah. The food is good. Right. The so people important. are great. Yeah. You know, it was just like, yeah. ah! And scary and, though, when you're by yourself as a woman. Yes. Young woman was traveling through yeah. Europe. Then I was with a group of okay, kids, good. with teachers. Okay. Oh no, then we were with oh, okay. a group. Later I was by yeah. myself, and yeah. let me tell you, it, was, it did get scary at times. I but, but uh, that and dropping acid, <laughs> I think, were the two best things. And you know, I don't want everybody to run out and take LSD. It they, maybe they should if they, it was in a controlled. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if someone was watching you and it was under control, you cannot OD on LSD. You can't. You can't. There's no way to really die on it unless right. you decide to take a leap out the window. Yeah. And um, now they're talking about microdosing it for depression. Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah, the you know, microdosing it got a bad, it of got LSD. A bad name. People yeah. are doing it in LA, yeah. especially right yeah. now. I know. It's yeah. a big deal. And I, yeah. I think, honestly, taking that, I think, possibly changed my whole life because it just like, it opened up like worlds, universes, you know, it's mm -hmm. just like, wow, there's so much more than Colorado Springs, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then that coupled with Europe was like, uh, I don't know. I, it, yeah. it changed my entire life. I, you know, my sisters both stayed in Colorado Springs the rest of their life. One had passed away from an opioid overdose. Oh, sorry. And the other one is not doing so well. She's homeless. Uh -huh. <clears throat> so, and on the street, people go, why don't you do anything? I can't tell you how many times, That's... how much zillions of dollars I've spent on rehab. I can't. If anybody knew, if I had all that money back for rehabs that I've spent for my two sisters, I'd be... Yeah. I would be staying in this room. That's yeah. Well, I mean, no. That's that's when people say things like that. They have no idea what no it's idea. like to, you know, try to help family members in the pain that you feel, and yeah. for them to say something like that on top of it, yeah, is like. Oh, people do. Yeah. Oh, you're famous. You're rich. Why don't you help your sister? Yeah. Why is she homeless? Yeah. Uh, because I got her a place to stay in Colorado yeah. Springs, and because she can't get and drug and alcohol there, she left it and yeah. won't go back. And you have to explain yourself and all that yeah. you've done and try to defend your. Yeah, you know, and self. I don't want to sound like Mother Teresa, but I feel like I've done everything I could do, and right. finally I just had to go. You're on your own. Yeah. yeah, no, at some point you have to. Yeah. Um, you realize that you can't help right you were estranged from a few yeah. of our family members yeah so that we tried to help very so you know how it is yeah, it's you can awful. only help the people mm -hmm. that want to that want help awful. it's awful yeah it's the hardest thing in the world and yeah. anybody who's ever dealt with anybody who had a drug or alcohol uh, addiction yeah. has got to know that you cannot help them with that no. without them really 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 wanting to be helped mm -hmm. you know? so yeah that part is uh, icky uh, we're, we're going off on all kinds of stuff oh dear god no, this is going to be fine. on the radio? Yeah, oh my god. 
No, this is great. This is what our listeners want to hear. So, so you then let's get to the Elvira, the creation of Elvira. Yeah. Oh, it really gets really boring. You were, yeah. Well, no, it's not because you were <laughs> no, Gremlins, right? You were yeah. in the Gremlins with Pee Wee, who was here. Yeah. You know, uh, um, Paul and I, like I said, have known each other since 1974, and he was in the Groundlings with me. Lorraine Newman was just leaving to go to this new show nobody had ever heard of, Saturday Night Live. Well, this isn't the Groundlings as people know it today, right? The, the auditioning and then... Well, no, it, it, it's, it's the same Groundlings, and yeah. they're brilliant, no, I mean, and they're still the pumping out stars like yeah. crazy. But then, it, pretty much, if you paid the fee, you were a groundling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, I would never be have gotten to be no, a groundling. I, I don't know about that either. Oh, you never know. But but it, it was it's grueling. People like Kathy Griffin were in the groundlings for eight years and still never made it into mm -hmm. the A team. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But uh, well, there's just so many people, and it got so much notoriety, and that's so. So many stars have come out there that everybody and their mother wants to be in it. So you you can't have a, a you know a comedy troupe of five million people. <laughs> yeah. You've got to limit it yeah. somehow. Right. Yeah. Back then it was just a new little upstart thing. It mm -hmm. was really awesome and yeah you, you you know if you were funny and you could do comedy you could be in it. So do you see yourself as a comedian first and foremost? I do. Yeah. I do. No, that's what I wanted to be in. Yeah. That's what I see myself as. Yeah. Luckily for me, and coincidentally again, all these giant coincidences, I was super into horror my whole life. I loved horror. I loved horror movies. When I was a kid, I sat around painting those, I ordered those Aurora model kits of Dracula, and, you know, Frankenstein and the Mummy, and I'd get Fangoria magazine, and I was just a, a geek. Just now was, back out. Yeah, they just started I know. To release I know. It again. I just heard. They yeah. just contacted me about it. Oh, obviously. I don't right. know how magazines are doing these days, but yeah. good well, for them. But good. Yeah, it's a part of history. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, and I had always been into them. I I, I was uh, watching more movies since I was like in second grade, going to the theaters to see them, and and I loved it. So when I did finally land a gig, I was like, this is such an awesome gig for me because I love horror movies, especially. The old, the ones that I grew up with, yeah. you know, the, the old, wacky, cheesy ones. Mm -hmm. I love those. I do too. Yeah. I'm not, you know, people are, are always asking me, oh, did you see this horror movie? This is the one that's out, this one that's out. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm not really into being scared that much. No, you, know? you want the camp factor, I do. right? I yeah, want the camp factor. that's what I, I want really when want I see I mean, horror. There's some great horror movies that I really like, Get Out. I thought that was yeah, so oh, freaking great. Too. I mean, oh, Brilliant. I love that movie. I can see that a thousand times, yeah. but horror movies that are just dry, and you know, and the guy chops up the woman, and you know, I mean, mm -hmm. eh, not yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. So things like The Exorcist, things like classic horror, I really love. That movie ruined my life. I know it sort of ruined my life too. I had yeah. to sit next to Linda Blair at it. Uh, oh. and I swear to God, I was oh like, I cannot stay here. She's sitting right next oh, to me, and no. that was just, just yeah. horrifying. I mean, yeah. really. Um, but what a great movie! I mean, yeah. Rosemary's Baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, really love, original. Kind of yeah, they were original, groundbreaking. Between, yeah. You know? So did you? You didn't. You didn't develop um, in the Groundlings. You didn't develop Elvira. You. Were... I did not. Yeah, you. You were supposed to come up with characters. Um, Paul Rubens had like a dozen characters he could have made happen. It's really crazy. He made Pee-wee, you know, hit hit the jackpot with Pee-wee, but 
Paul had like 10 other characters that could have hit the jackpot. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a character where he was a Native American Jewish guy who wore a loincloth and a giant, it would kill me if I was telling you, he just wore a loincloth, tennis shoes, and a giant uh, Indian headdress, you know, that went down to the ground. Trying not to, trying not to have this searing in my brain, that yeah. image, but it's too and late. His name was Jay Longtoe, and he was a lounge singer, and he had a cigarette in one hand and a drink in the other, and he did the whole number on his tip, on his toes, like the toes yeah. of his shoes, you know? Yeah. And uh, sang like like uh, nightclub, you know, old nightclub songs like "Fly Me to the Moon," stuff like that. Oh my gosh, it's not too late. American lounge yeah, you know, Jewish lounge singer. Yeah, Jewish, Native American, Native American Jewish. Jewish lounge singer. Oh my God, but you know, so yeah, those I did not develop as many characters. I became somehow the sex symbol of the Groundlings, you know, which was really odd. <clears throat> I mean, I guess it was not. I had big boobs, you know. Mm -hmm. I was always playing. Use Every time I got a character, it was like a showgirl, a hooker, a, a you know, Playboy bunny. You know, mm -hmm. I played all those. And you were okay with that? You were. Yeah. Yeah. It's not I was like, like, why not? Why are they typecasting me? Why can't I be Norma <laughs> yeah. Ray? So I was like totally happy with that. Yeah. I usually played the girlfriend or the you know or the uh, patient at the gynecologist's office. <laughs> Whatever. Was you know needed like a sort of sexy girl, which was really weird back then because I was talking to someone the other day about um, how back in like the '60s and '70s, still, if you were a comedian, you needed to look like a comedian. You needed mm -hmm. to look like Joan Rivers or Toadie Fields, which I yeah. know, you know, but um, or Phyllis Diller. Right. Attractive girls weren't comedians. They yeah, never it's did. just till recently, did. I think. Recently, finally, like, like Tina Fey. Yeah, and, Whitney Cummings and, 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 and yeah, uh, what's her name? So, who lives? Uh, uh, Sarah Silverman. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty women can do comedy, mm -hmm. and it's okay. It can be funny. Back then, it was like pretty women can be funny. That's yeah. just a law. Well, you prove them wrong. Yeah, yeah. screw it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was odd to to want to be a comedian, you know, and, and so the parts for me were kind of typecast, but I was like, okay with that, it's mm -hmm. like it'd still be funny. You know? Yeah, and so you, then you get this offer to introduce... Oh, well, uh, yeah, uh, oh gosh, <laughs> oh my god. I got this uh, offer to uh, go on an audition. I was on my honeymoon and my girlfriend Donna Kaufman called me up and said, oh, this friend of mine is casting a horror movie host at a local channel and you would be perfect because he, he saw you at the Groundlings. He really wants somebody to be funny, but be sexy. And he goes, and she said, you would, That's you are true. exactly what he's looking for. And I go, I'm not coming home from my honeymoon. This is my one and only honeymoon forever. I'm not. And your husband's home like, for go. It. <laughs> You're <laughs> yeah. going. Yeah. Yes, we need the money. No, no. He was actually like, no, you're not going back for another audition. Yeah. And um, so I didn't go back. And when we got back home, about a week later or so. She had a million messages on my machine saying, they haven't found anybody, they haven't found anybody, call them, call them right now, and you can go in. So I did, I went in and auditioned. There were a bunch of other girls there. They didn't tell me to wear a costume. I just went in like myself, and everybody in, in the room, all these women, had on, you know, long black hair, and oh, pointy teeth, and mm -hmm. black leotards, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing here? And um, I ended up getting the part that day. But I wasn't like, Oh my God! I finally made it. I was mm -hmm. more like three hundred bucks a week. This is awesome. For as long as it lasts, right? Yeah, for like yeah. a week or yeah. two at least, you know. 
I didn't have a lot of hope, but I thought it's so cool because I'm acting, I'm doing comedy, and it's based on horror. So perfect. Everything, me. right? Yeah. But how, how like, to, to mix the comedy, the kind of bimbo-y kind of image with, the with you know... A, Introducing horror. Yeah. The horror well, I, I, I know. I didn't get it. And persona. I thought it was so stupid. I really did. He had seen me do this character at the Groundlings that I did where I was this sexy actress type. And I went in with this other girl. She and I looked very similar. We had the same length, long red hair. We just looked a lot alike. And so we both wore the very same dress, same heels and everything. We went on an audition in the, in the sketch. We were auditioning. We sat next to each other and we... You know, I was very nervous, and we looked at each other at exactly at the same time. I like your dress! <laughs> and then we started talking back and forth about, oh, God, your hair. And, and we were doing Valley Girl accent, which mm -hmm. was this brand new thing that, that uh, um, Moon Unit Zappa had just <laughs> yeah. done with his dad. Started talking like that and everything. And so this guy, Larry Thomas, who was the director of the show, said, I love that Valley Girl thing you were doing. That's so funny. You should do that. And I go... I am going to be like a vampire, and I'm going to be doing a Valley Girl accent. Seriously, genius! And he goes, "Yeah." Right. It was like I tell people, I mean, "Here's how you create a uh, create an, a unique character. It's exactly like a Chinese menu. You pick one from column A and one from column B. Neither of them go together whatsoever, but you put them together, and it forms something completely unique." Yeah. If he would have just told me that you be what you think is your best vampire. Mm -hmm. I would have been doing the shticky, you know. Yeah. Hello, darling. Come in and drink a glass of blood. You know, mm -hmm. I would have been doing that, I know. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I really want you to do the Valley Girl thing. So I was like, okay. And then we started talking about how crappy the movies were that we had. Yeah. And we couldn't keep from making jokes about them. You had to. You had yeah. to say something. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you see somebody with a fake head on, and you see, like, a tag sticking out of the <laughs> back of their, you know, and we'd yeah. sort of bring that up. Or a girl would be wearing a bra that, would, you know, back in the 60s, it was so pointy. It was, watch out, you can put somebody eye out with that. So we started commenting on the bad things, and it just kind of evolved quickly into that. Yeah. And, well, I uh, think you, it was local, but then got syndicated I think we were yeah. like 13 right or something it was 83 yeah or I think it was I started in 81 and then I think by the end of 82 we got a syndication deal okay. with a very small syndicator a guy named Con Hartsock. I always remember that because I thought I never worked with a guy named Con. <laughs> yeah. anyway but he turned out to be great he was just a little one-man business and he syndicated it all over the country yeah, uh, which I mean, is a miracle because it had never been done before with horror hosting yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, really? It's always been local. Always. Okay. There'd only been one time when Zachary, you remember Zachary? Because he was on yeah. the East Coast. Yeah. And he had gotten in like a little area of the Eastern seaboard yeah. there. Like, so he had spread out just in a small area yeah. on the East Coast, but never got chili beyond Billy. that. We had Chili Billy yeah, in chili Pittsburgh. Billy. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know about all these people. Yeah. But they never went anywhere but their cities because they were on local channels. And so was so I. I was on a local channel. You created, you know, a brand like a franchise. You, I mean, not a franchise because it it's just you. Well, yeah, yeah. But I tried to franchise yeah. it. That didn't work. <laughs> you I, did? Yeah, I tried to yeah. franchise it. Honestly, I tried to find another. I, I did this TV show about it, uh, Search for the Next Elvira, and I thought it would get other Elviras who could literally go out and do parades or do. 
uh, you know, go to a shopping mall yeah. at Halloween and right. people could sit on their lap and tell them what they wanted for Halloween or whatever. But, you know, just like Santa Claus and yeah. start having them all over. But it, it quickly turned out that people only wanted the real empire. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they were going to do. We gave it yeah, a shot. Yeah, yeah. But it did, it did, yeah, it has become a brand that has really endured now for 36 years. Kind of miraculous. Yes. So you got, I, I mentioned that I created, I was the creative director of the Olsen Twins brand. Yeah. And I'm, I, so it's amazing to me that you held on to all of the rights and that are able, because since it, since it was born on a local TV show, you, how did you end that up? That was a miracle. Walking yeah. away with all of those. Well, I have to credit my ex-husband a little bit and his partner who had another manager and they became partners um the guy who managed mostly music acts i mean, I mean he managed donny osmond later mm -hmm. and uh ringo star and todd Rundgren and people like that but he got together with my husband and they started managing me and when my contract came up they asked uh, my managers asked for more money and the station said even though i was the number one show on the station they said we can't give you more money um, I don't know why. You get you get your three hundred dollars a week, and they said, okay, if you won't give us money, how about you give us the rights to also do other TV shows? And they said, okay. And then later, how about the rights to do a fan club? Okay. How about the rights to do um, products, licensed products? Okay. I can't I, believe they said okay to that. That's yeah, the one. That's I know the, the licensed yeah, products. Everything else yeah. would help them. Well, yeah, like, right. That, that would help the that show. Kind of that squeezed in because it was like it was tied in a little bit to the fan club, I believe where, oh, okay. if people are in the fan club, yeah. we could make a t-shirt, we could sell it to them. Yeah, but it's Will you guys allow us to do that? Yeah. Yes. Separating out the saw, rights. Oh. I just don't think they saw the, back yeah. then, you know. Yeah. I don't think people were thinking that uh -uh. way. And, um, and who would have thought, we, you know? With all the rights. We just, one day, they looked at the, they called the lawyer. You wake up and, and own yourself. They have all their rights. And wow. thank God, because KHJ went under. Um, shortly after I left, they, they lost their license. Uh, they were part of RKO General, um, who had stations all over mm -hmm. the country, radio and television stations, and they had some kind of funny dealings with um, Nixon campaign again, giving illegal to contributions to the Nixon campaign. <laughs> And You're going to be investigated after this. Yeah, Elvis's <laughs> yeah, belt. Yeah, I know, right? Elvis's belt and this. Yeah, yeah. Oh it all comes God. back to Nixon. At least it's not with Trump. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, let me tell you how I feel about him. Then we'll never end this interview. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so they lost it, but they lost the station, and my rights would have gone with it, mm -hmm. just like right. goodbye into bankruptcy, into oblivion. Mm -hmm. So nobody would have had the character; it would have been over. Wow. So that's the that's ooh, the part lucky, that right? was like. Uh, yeah. Amazing. To I know. Me. Miraculous. And we it just did. kept them all these years. We, we've been so asked. what happens though? We're downstairs and you're you're everywhere. Oh, yeah, awesome. I mean you're on you're on um, jean people made jean jackets. And are you, you can't are you control licensing? No, you can't control all of that, right? I mean they're Oh no, when people just make their yeah, own things. Right. No. I mean that's what now if there we are people saw you're selling things, them. There, there, are, are, there are a few oh, well, downstairs. We have to go check uh, yeah. have somebody go around and see yeah. if they have license Your face is everywhere down there. Thank you. Well I have Funko Pops, you know. I have one in my purse redesigned for oh, my 14-year-old awesome. who is not a go-go dancer. 
it's weird when you know a 14 year old. She will not be listening to Isn't it weird when you know a 14 year old? That's what blows go, my mind. I know. When my daughter was 14, yeah. I was like, I cannot. She seems like a little she's tiny a baby. child. How yeah. could I have been dancing hers in a glass is, cage yeah. in a nightclub? Yeah, hers is baking cookie monster cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. My daughter was like that too. Yeah. I'm going, how did that, yeah. that happen? Wow. But you know, it's very funny. I was just going, uh, trying to get some. Uh, uh, my mom to get help my mom get veteran money from veterans because mm -hmm. my dad was in the merchant marines in the war and I was just going through that and I found out that my dad ran away from home at 15 and joined the merchant marines and was on his own okay so that's where you get it and I'm thinking yeah. <laughs> did your daughter run away no thank okay. god no she stayed I forced her but she graduated from high school at least um, so, sort of. So back to <laughs> good. Sort is good now. Yeah. So back. So 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 the whole Elvira cottage industry. I mean, did you you built this though? You built it yourself, right? Well, and, you know, with a lot of help from a lot yeah, of people. I yeah. mean, I mean, my ex-husband was involved. My ex but you're the one who has involved. to kind of you. I have, have to do to look it and out, protect it and, protect it. and, and, and uh, we were lucky to hang on to every single right and mm -hmm. to trademark. I've spent so many zillions of dollars on trademarking over the years, as you guys probably know yeah. how that goes. Yeah. I mean, I spent a fortune on trademarking, but I have products you now from slot machines, pinball machines, the cosmetics, yes, you and everywhere. a clothing line, a jewelry line, a, a endless, your endless book. Products. My book, my Coffee you, Table you, book. Yeah. Selling here, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna buy so one. I'm really proud of Yeah, I can't wait. You might be, you might be <laughs> lucky and get a discount. No, I'm not. I don't want a discount. <laughs> yeah. I got to support. Um, um, but yeah. but uh, yeah, the, the licensing has been going crazy, and even actually getting better. I have a very brilliant licensing man who mm -hmm. does does that for me, and um, but I look at everything. I okay everything. I meet with everybody. Yeah. We go over, you know, how it should look, how it shouldn't look, blah blah blah, mm -hmm. and. Uh, so it's a full-time business. I feel like I'm more now like a businesswoman. I do about ten or twelve of these things a year. Mm -hmm. And you're not in. And you're not in your outfit. You're not. You're, you're not, not anymore for this. I do my Elvira outfit. outfit. Just did a photo session last week with a really great photographer, and of course I was in my mm -hmm. drag, and I do TV shows in it. But you say it's your drag. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely. It's yeah. Total drag. There's no yeah. difference between me and a drag queen. Uh -huh. Well. Well, why don't a couple you, of why things. Why don't you judge on RuPaul's uh, Drag Race? I have, I have. You have? Yeah, I did it a couple say, times. Yeah. 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 No, I wish I'd I do it again, see. but I did it a couple uh, a couple of times, and I'm very close you to friends did? with RuPaul. Mm -hmm. I see Ru I'm going to go see. Ru and I have a fabulous store that we're just setting up. Ru's is set up already, but on Hollywood Highland in Hollywood that sells candy called Sweet, and Ru has a room, and I have a room. Oh, wow. And uh, it so sells cool. all our products and all yeah. our licensed stuff. And, a, I mean, you're just thing. Sarah Walking Icon, Thank you know, you. I mean, just, just everybody, my daughter knows you, I mean, everybody from Thank God, every younger age, people. no, I mean, yeah. she's like, get, get, you know, I, to have her sign my Funko, and I'm awesome, like, awesome. how do you know, like, you know, for, for know. a while, for a while there, I really thought, I, I was doing these conventions once in a while, and I, my, my following was older, you know, mm -hmm. and I thought, this is a bummer because my fans are going to all die off. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what happened. All my fans are dead. I'm I, yeah. I don't know what happened <laughs> to turn it around. Maybe social media. Probably social media. Probably mm -hmm. the advent of the computer. Mm -hmm. Probably. And and more appearances on like reality shows and stuff on mm -hmm. TV. Um, but one day I started noticing 
My fans are getting younger all the time. You know, last week there they were fifty. This, this month they're they're in their forties. Yeah. Now they're in thirties. Now they're in their twenties and their right. kids. Yeah. I mean, what the hell happened? Yeah. Whatever happened, it was pretty awesome, I'll tell you yeah. that. No, yeah, I mean... Because it could just, you know, go Wendell, off into like, oblivion, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to... I, it's been, what, 35 years? 36, yeah. 36 years. Yeah. yeah, so now I feel like... Do you ever feel pigeonholed? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> In the very beginning, I, yeah, I had to think about that one. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't have to think about it. In the very beginning, I felt like... Uh, Gosh, I've got to get out and do other things, you know, go on interviews for other things and try to get out of this groove I'm in. And then I realized, no, you freaking idiot, you own the character. You're not like right. Bill Shatner working for, for Star Trek or Paramount, whoever owns that now. You're, mm -hmm. You know, I make all the proceeds when I do a Funko. I make the proceeds yeah. when I do an action figure or whatever I make. I get the proceeds, not Universal, yeah. not Paramount. Yeah. This is so a major smart. business. Oh, so yeah. really, I feel like now I have evolved into 90% business, 10% I go out and mm -hmm. do acting or appearances. Mm -hmm. Because Mainly, you're so stunning and you have com oh, comedic mm -hmm. skills and I would think, and, and Elvira, you don't look at, you know what I mean? You have that persona, but you know, looking at you, redhead, long, you know, I you could be an actress and still have that. I would think. Thank I mean, you. I well, for a while I really thought that's what I would do. I and I went out uh, on a few auditions for pilots. You know, and mm -hmm. and I got to the point of like, yes, you could be in this pilot. And then we figured out, oh, it's going to shoot during. October, September and October, oh, and no. the pilot the season. <laughs> um, I'm going to make scale. Yeah. Uh, the show might go or it might not go. Yeah. I will have blown my all the money I make during yeah, Halloween. You made the you made the right move. And mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, what am I going to do? You know, it, this is ridiculous. This Stop is going out on these freaking pilots. Yeah, yeah. Why do you keep doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Making money for other people. Person, just like any other actress on TV, yeah. and maybe your pilot would hit it, but. Yeah. What are your chances of that? You already got something that's working. Why yes. fix it? Yeah. Yes. I think it's so interesting, too, that you're friends with Paul Rubens because he's got the whole... He is one of the, the few people in the world that that's, you can really like relate me. to, right? Yeah, there are... There, there, I can count on one hand the people in the world, the celebrities that are like us, and maybe not even one hand, maybe two fingers. Mm -hmm. Me and Paul, and then somebody like... Uh, but they're in the music world. Kiss, Alice Cooper, mm -hmm. Rob Zombie. That's mm -hmm. all the people I can think of that have their own little world yeah. of enterprise, and they aren't owned by anyone else. Yeah. Um, but it's is there anybody else? Rare. I don't, think, I don't so. think so. I'm thinking too. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I've racked my brain, and I don't know of anybody. No. And that that uh, play the same character and are known, you know. Uh, yeah, and, and made a lifelong living from yeah from just something one. you created. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's pretty unusual. Yeah. No, I didn't we're, know we're Paul. a very exclusive club. Yeah. Very. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> no, seriously. And I, I just, I mean, it must be, um, you know, I was talking to George R. R. Martin. I'm a horror writer. So oh, we were talking okay. at, at dinner and he said, you know, I really love what I do, but I really miss going to my favorite bookstore. He loves the Strand in New York. He can't go and there. He can't even go there. He can't go there anymore. Oh. But you... I created a persona 
You know, like how that is genius. That's the way to Thank live. You. You, that's I, the I holy I, grail, right? It, it is. I, I think I'm the only one of that group I just mentioned who can go around if if I'm at a horror convention, okay, and I went down in the lobby, they'd all know why. Yeah, they would. Yeah. If I was walking downtown in LA, no one would look, no one would turn Yeah, with sunglasses nothing. on? Not even I mean, sunglasses. I mean really? I don't even have That's you know if I but had that is no you can have a normal life and yet be worshipped at these, you know yep, yep. when oh, you RuPaul, put the RuPaul drag on. Yeah. But oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Not no, he's own yeah, his no. Own character. He has yeah, and also he kind of is, you know, you know what he looks like now. You do. Or so yeah, that, yeah. I you think do. I don't know. That's but why I, I thought think... it might be weird for you to not be Elvira at a convention like this because you now are putting yourself yourself out there. I, that is the bummer. That part is the bummer. Is that I scary have for you to put I, yourself out there? Mm -hmm. With not all the drag, not all the armor uh, kind of thing? Um, you know, I had a, it, it was a hard decision to make. I, mm -hmm. I knew that if I did start putting myself out there more, but I've started doing interviews as myself on mm -hmm. TV, and you know, I thought, I have to weigh that against you want to dress up in this outfit for the rest of your life, and then when you can't, you're over, yeah. you're done with it. Yeah. Um, so I had to kind of weigh that. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of went, I want to keep working, but so people yeah. are going to know. How I look. Yeah. More and more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in Hollywood, you know, people seem pretty respectful. I don't get, I don't get many. They'll walk by once in a while and just go, oh, I love you. Yeah. No, oh, Which is you. nice. Yeah. yeah. But I would imagine you have stalkers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have. I have. have to. I do. Yeah. I do. I still have one now. I'm going, didn't I get old enough to get rid of stalkers? Damn it. Yeah, no. You know, you don't. No, I have one now. That's a really crazy one. Did you? Um, yeah, but I've had five very serious stalking issues. Uh, the stalking unit in LA know me like uh, they know their best friend. <laughs> that's uh, that's horrifying. It is right. Yeah, but I but again, I think even the stalkers sort of are looking more for Elvira than for me. Yeah, you know, you could just answer the door like this and say she's not here. Yeah, <laughs> well, I you know I do take I do a lot of security around my house and everything. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. 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 To just, hey, just being a woman living alone, you have to yeah. do security right. in LA, but I take extra, extra precautions yeah. to not just walk up to my door and answer it, you know? Yeah, right. But yeah, it's creepy. You'd think that when you got a certain age, people would stop stalking you. You really would. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's true for a lot of people, but not you. Yeah, I you guess know. not. Yeah, you're never going to so, so it's good and bad, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, I have to ask you a question because just talking to you and, and getting to know you a little bit, and, and you're, you know, you, you've loved horror your whole, whole life, but mm -hmm. cheesy, you know, yeah. kind of. Um, I can imagine, because I saw you on a show called Oddities. Yeah. Evan Michelson's a friend of ours. Oh, yeah. They were so co nice. Co-owner of um, Obscura. And they gave you a tooth necklace. Yes, right. <laughs> and you look like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Oh, kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, and going to cons like this, like, people must think you are like they did, like giving you a neck. I yeah. can't imagine. No, you I get tons necklace. of stuff from yeah. people that are really weird. And what you get. You know, I. Um, because you have dainty earrings on now, your hair's perfect, your face is perfect, you know, your little necklace. You. Okay, you know what? It's really weird. I, um, I went through a phase where I really did collect 
horror memorabilia like crazy. I could afford to buy it. And mm -hmm. I was collecting some awesome stuff, and I still have some really awesome stuff, um, antique horror stuff, you know. Um, but but I decorated my house all really dark. Um, everything, you know. I was I, I had a giant um, iron gate that you drove through that I made into spider webs. Please say there were bats on it. Okay, spider, spider web, web. that's perfect. Spider web and an iron yeah. gate. Uh, Brad Pitt owns that house now and he covered up the spider web. But he just, he just put canvas over it, so yes. at least he didn't take it away. But um, <laughs> I made it all very kind of creepy and ooky and spooky. And that was for years and years and years. And finally, I knew I had pictures, horror pictures hanging around and blah, blah, blah. I just decided to go the other way. I just decided I've had it. This is a, yeah. going on for so many years. Took the turtlenecks off. Alive, alive. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you took your turtlenecks <laughs> off again. I did. Yeah. I swear to God, my house is all white now. Is I can imagine you want just like, like you know just minimalist. <laughs> I do. Have, it's funny. I do like interspersed things in my house. I still have a lot of my really nice antique things, like little ashtrays with skull, skull yeah, on yeah, it, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. or a spider web bowl that's old antique yeah. bowl or uh, I have some really great art that's kind of spooky and I have those little things interspersed but it's it's funny how they kind of just blend mm -hmm. in in a way nobody yeah. notices them yeah. you know they're really nice things so but I did I went the other way it was I went like the Doris Day or you know leave yeah. the beaver I don't know I just want to be I want to have a break from horror when I'm not in the middle of it I want to go home and like go oh I'm yeah. having a break now yeah 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 <laughs> I don't want to see that 24-7 yeah. all day, every day. Well, it's like, I think it's at Del Toro's. Um, has, has Del Toro. Yeah, he oh. has a, like a separate house with all his stuff in it because his family's oh. like, you know, you're not living with, I think yeah. not living with this all the time. He would. I think no, he would. I'm Rob just saying his family. Yeah. Rob, yeah. Rob has a house in L.A. that is fabulous spooky I, yeah house. it's for sale oh. isn't it it may Let's be because he moved off to the east coast yeah, yeah. and uh um and lives like in a you know in wonder a if brad pitt bought that is brad pitt your stalker <laughs> huh is brad pitt your stalker <laughs> yeah, yeah i wish yeah. i'd pay him to be oh my god i think i was stalking him for a while i moved next door after i sold him my house i moved next door and i swear i was like on my balcony every day Trying to peek over the hedge, you know. Is my mail still coming here? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was all, all, all like that you're setting your alarm when Brad gets up. I think I'll walk my dog for the 27th time today. Down you're the dragging the dog. Oh, yeah. Hi, Brad. Oh, my God. I had no idea you'd be out here. You live here? You wouldn't believe it. So, oh, so we're, we're going to let you go. Okay. Yes, um, because yeah. you have a lot to do. On got some makeup and some lunch and yeah. your appearance but um we asked our guests um to do to give a strange woman throwback okay so someone who kind of inspired you um to feel like that people would and know. it's probably hard for you because you are I'm such so a trailblazer <laughs> no but you know there was nobody doing no there wasn't what you were doing no, but i had never heard of vampire and i didn't didn't hear about her until she sued me I had no idea who she was, you know, coming she from She sued you? <laughs> yeah, she what? sued me because I stole her gig, you know. I stole her vampire? Her, her look. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think she should have sued Morticia Adams or somebody, but anyway. Yeah. yeah, and it was ultimately thrown out, but what a hassle if you've ever been sued, which I hope you haven't. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to pay a lot of money to defend yourself, and then it was just like, oh, get out of here, you know. Um, but uh, 
So I'd never heard of her. I did freaking love Morticia Adams growing up. That TV show, Adams Family. Yeah. I love Morticia Adams. Uh, really, really liked her. And then I liked Anne Margaret. Yeah, <laughs> she I was, was kind of my idol. Yeah, maybe kind of wacky, and that's kind of like the dark and the light yeah. sides, I guess. But um, they were two of my my people that I just grew up really loving. And yeah, I, two I very like different Mary people West, like Mystery. you. I mean, yeah, you're two very odd, different. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. You're fascinating. And I did like Mae West. I, I really, really loved Mae West. I mean, she was like, even even for me, she was way before my time. Mm -hmm. and I loved watching old Mae West movies and, and her snarky comments. Yeah, I, I thought, oh, that's just so awesome. This this sexy woman. You're a lot like her. Yeah, yeah. I think I got a little influence yeah. from her, you know. Not, not that I specifically went out and got, but that kind of just... Uh, morphed its way into me somehow. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, those were like my my favorite gals back when I was a kid. And of course, I don't know, all the all the movies that I saw with the, like, you know, the Roger Corman movies and the Hammer movies. I loved like Barbara Steele and I didn't even know their name back then. But I thought, oh, these women are so, you know, that all the horror women that were so hot and sexy. Yeah. And, you know, then you'd go to regular movies and it was like Doris Day. It was like, yeah. she is not hot or sexy or anything. <laughs> yeah. Hell. Yeah, you know, but those women in the old Hammer movies. I mean, oh, they were all like didn't have clothes on. They were having crazy wild lesbian sex. They were like, yeah. oh, these, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, they were the only people that could not kind of get away with that back mm -hmm. then. You know, yeah, horror was titillating back then. Now it's like they want you to kind of put yourself in the shoes of the character and be a normal kind of teenager, being, being slashed or whatever. But yeah, yeah. back then it was. Yeah, it different like, deal. Yeah, all the yeah. women were gorgeous. They all had big mm -hmm. boobs and they all were like dark and, yeah. you know, when you think about the actual movies. Yeah. yeah. Very seductive. Yeah. yeah. Like pinup girls, vampire, right? Like extra Betty seductive. Pages kind yeah. of pinup. Yeah. Very pinup girly. Yeah. You know? And those are because they were low budget movies and they didn't get the scrutiny that a, a real film would get, you know? Like, yeah. So I think they got away with a lot of yeah, entertainment. Stuff. Well, yeah. but they have the audience. They have the lifelong audiences. These, you they know, do. these things. So, yeah. thank you so You're much. Welcome. You're welcome. And um, we'll see you, I guess, downstairs because yeah. we want to hang around a when little I, bit. When I have to fix my hair and look, you know, oh, gosh. fabulous. <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you, you guys. So that much. was fun.